Hello and welcome to Sunshine Chasers. My name is Amanda and I started this podcast for you. This podcast is for outdoor adventure travelers no matter where you are on your journey. Whether you're sitting on a commute right now just dreaming of getting away or you're plugged on a plane heading on your next great adventure, I think you'll be able to find something to connect with in each one of my guests. Through the conversations that you'll hear in this space, I want to not only inspire you with talks of faraway places and dreamy campsites, but empower you to make your dream adventure a reality. I am so jazzed for today's episode. It has been in the making for quite a while now. Today, I am chatting with Takia McClendon, co-founder of City Fit Girls, an all-around incredible human being and friend. We're talking about how City Fit Girls came to be a huge part of her life. She gives some really good book recommendations, and of course, we're talking travel. And the way she talks about how travel shaped her life, oh, you're going to love it. Speaking of loving, if you're loving this podcast, I would love if you would write a review or rate it wherever you listen to your podcasts. But let's save that for after the interview with Takia. So let's get to it. Hello, Takia. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you today, Amanda? Oh, I'm fabulous. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. First and foremost, I want to say thank you so much for making this happen. Oh, of course. I don't know how many months <laughs> we have attempted to make this interview happen. <laughs> Probably since your last season when you started a podcast. <laughs> but I'm really glad that we're finally talking because you are just an amazing person and I cannot wait for people to hear what you have to say. Oh, thank you. Now you're making me all nervous. <laughs> no, no. So we'll start with the easy stuff. First, tell me how your day's going. How did you start your day? What are you feeling? All that good stuff. Um, actually today is going pretty well. I, uh, anticipated going for a trail run, which did not happen, but I did make it out to run, which is better than nothing, especially for me. So that's definitely a win in my book. So I'm actually sitting, drinking some coffee. I made some late breakfast, which is, I guess, like a nice brunch. So, so far, so good over here. Oh, and I actually did some reading, too, uh, which I normally don't get to do on Saturday mornings. Yeah, it was very productive. <laughs> You've been super productive. I am super impressed. Yeah. No, you should be. Are you reading anything good right now? Um, I am, actually. So, I'm, I'm in between. I normally read, like, two or three books at a time. Um, So right now I'm actually reading two books, but the one that I was reading this morning, it's called This Naked Mind. Um, And it's, have you heard of it? No. Okay. So the woman who wrote it, her name is Annie Grace. um, And the book is actually about, she is, all right, I want to be very clear about this. So she um, is basically helping people reduce their alcohol intake. So it's really just about how people are drinking like in public places and how like drinking so incorporated in our work and business meetings and family occasions, social events. And for people who might decide like, Hey, I just don't want to do this anymore or as often, uh, just basically like steps to make that happen. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. I imagine like, do you know what her background is? Like what her, um, education or profession is? Um, she's actually in marketing. Um, so yeah, so she, she tells her story really well. She also has a podcast. It's also called, uh, this naked mind where she talks about this a lot, but, um, 
She was in marketing, and she was doing a lot of traveling for work and just constantly drinking, like, at every meeting and so on and so forth, and um, just got really dependent on drinking wine. Um, and could just drink, like, a bottle of wine, like, every day and started to realize, like, the impact that it was having on, like, her family and her relationships, friendships and everything. So um, she wanted to make a big change. So at first I was like, yeah, I don't know if this is for me. Like, I don't, I'm not one of those people, you know, quote unquote, those people who need to read a book about drinking or anything like that. But, um, Kiera, who's actually co-founder of City Fit Girls, she was, she found out about the author of the book and I was like, all right, I guess I'll check it out. And, um, I am like dialed in. I can't stop reading it. That's awesome. I totally wouldn't anticipate, like, like I probably wouldn't pick that book up if I just like looked at the cover, but like. Now I really want to read it already. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I was. I'm telling you, I was the same exact way. I'm like, I don't need to read a book. Like I'm. I don't like. I don't drink too much, and like I still don't think that I do. But um, it definitely, it definitely made me a little bit more conscious about it. So even like this week at work, so I work at a running store, and there's a lot of beer drinking after runs, um, and sometimes. It's just so it's just so easy just to pick one up, even if I don't want to drink a beer. But everyone else is drinking beer, so you just kind of pick one up and you drink one too. Um, so not necessarily for me to completely stop drinking, but being like, hey, Takiya, you don't really want or need a beer right now. Just don't have one, and no one's going to judge you for it. Like life will go on. Um, so it's definitely been really helpful already. I, I think I just picked up the book on Wednesday, and I'm almost done. But nice. just like watching my like life happen now that I'm more conscious about it it's just insane it's made such a big impact already wow oh my gosh and I would like everybody to know it is Saturday so from Wednesday to Saturday (laughs) that's amazing that's that's pretty incredible so I will definitely have a link to that so everybody can uh, snatch it up from the library or Amazon or wherever Uh, but that's awesome good recommendation yeah it's really good so how do you spend most of your time I I know you in real life. You are one of my pals. But for those people listening who may not know who you are, give us a quick introduction for how you spend most of your time, what you're really into, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, by day, I'm actually a apparel buyer and a store manager for Philadelphia Runner. So that's the local independent run specialty store in the area. Uh, And then by night, I co-founded a group called City Fit Girls. So we do group runs, uh, track workouts, regular workouts, just pretty much anything that has to do with fitness throughout the city of Philadelphia. Uh, so when we're not working out, I'm maintaining the website, writing blogs, emails, dealing with partnerships and different things like that. Um, and then when I'm not doing either of those things, I'm probably reading or just in the bookstore looking at books. Love it. And you say like when you're not doing either of those two things, is that like an hour a week? <laughs> Uh, maybe a half an hour (laughs) it's usually when I'm in bed really but no yeah I'll probably get maybe like two hours where I'm not doing those things um I try to dedicate Fridays to just being my day where I can kind of just do whatever so I have Friday and Saturday off instead of Saturday and Sunday so usually all of my friends are still at work on Friday so it's just kind of like a day where I get to just do nothing um, so I usually sleep a little later, drink two more cups of coffee than normal, uh, walk around a little bit. I go downtown just to walk around. I don't really have a place to go. Uh, so 
and maybe about four hours of that, and then and then back to City Pit Girls because it's also a great day to send a lot of emails because everyone else is at work and I'm not. Yeah, that's a great point. So give us some background on City Pit Girls. Um, you've already mentioned Kiera, who I am hoping to also have on an episode of the podcast. Yeah, she'll make it here. Give us some background on the start of City Fit Girls. What is it? Why did you guys start it? Uh, give me your perspective, at least. How did it enter your life? Ooh, I like that. No one's ever asked me how it entered my life. Um, so <laughs> we get the dates mixed up on this a lot. So please bear with me. But I guess it was either 2012 or 2013. Um Kira and I actually, we went to Westchester University together, and um, after we graduated, uh, we were actually living together in Germantown, and Kira was struggling with her weight, and I was studying food and how, like, it impacted so many different things in our lives, and, like, why we make some of the choices that we make when it comes to eating and diet, and um, how it impacts, like, our family, disease, so on and so forth, so... I was, like, really doubted on, like, healthy eating. So I said, hey, I know you're, like, struggling with this weight thing. I'm not, like, a dietitian. I'm not a professional in this area at all. But I'm learning a lot, and I think that we can make some small changes in how we're eating uh, to help with your weight loss, but as long as you're also committed to, like, doing, like, workouts and so on and so forth. So start eating healthy, uh, working out, and then start working out on the art museum steps, which is, uh, for those of us who don't live in Philadelphia, that's where the Rocky statue is. It's a pretty famous place where people work out in Philly. Uh, so we start inviting our family and friends just to come work out with us. And again, like at this point, neither of us were trainers or anything like that. We were just working out. We didn't have any idea what we were doing, (laughs) but, um, people were coming and they were having a blast and it started out with just our family and friends. And then, Instagram happened, so we start posting about our workouts with our family and friends, and then their family and friends started coming and showing up, uh, and just before you know it, you have what we have as City Fit Girls today, uh, so started, like, a blog, we got the website up and running, and, I mean, just over the past five or six years, it's completely transformed into something that I had no idea it would be, uh, so... We started out just doing the workouts, and now we actually have a group run that meets every week. Uh, And for the people who started working out with us, they're kind of like, bring back the workouts. Like, that's what this whole thing was about. (laughs) Um, But I do love a good art museum boot camp. (laughs) I know. I know. They're coming back. I promise. I'm just like working around Kiara, just trying to figure out scheduling. But yeah, everyone wants the boot camps back. They're coming. I promise. Um, But yeah, so we do the weekly run club. And then uh, I also lead track workouts at Temple University Track. Uh, And uh, both things are for people who are new to running, experienced runners, um, it doesn't really matter what level you are. Like City Fit Girls was started um, for pretty much anyone just to come work out together and in a positive environment where you don't have to worry about, oh, is this person going to judge me for not being fast enough? Or is this person going to judge me because I'm not as strong as they are? So on and so forth. So we just wanted to create a really positive, uplifting community for women. Um, so yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. And you have definitely succeeded. Um, I... Oh, thank you. <laughs> I disclaimer to everybody listening to still uh, some weeks go to the City Pit Girls Run Club. And it's just like <laughs> the environment that you have created. And mm, I don't want to say you've created because no, I don't mean to take anything away from you. But I think there's a very special thing about every single person who shows up 
And I think they help create the community as well. But the community that you facilitated, at least might be a better word, um, is just, it's truly amazing and magical to watch just like the encouragement and the no runner left behind. And uh, just like the camaraderie is absolutely incredible. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. Oh, that makes me really happy. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those things that we facilitate the community. And one of the things, I guess maybe like two or three years into it, uh, we got like some of the people who are regulars would say, Oh my God, like, do we have to do another icebreaker? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> so for those of you who've never been to a city for girls group run, uh, every run starts out with some announcements, uh, where we're going and then we do an icebreaker. And if you come every week, you pretty much know everybody. So it's like, how many different topics can we talk about? But for the person who's new, who's really nervous, who's been looking at our Instagram for six months before she decided that, okay, today's the day I'm going to come. She doesn't know anybody. Um, So with the icebreakers, it just really allows you, you know, if you came by yourself, you're going to start the run knowing three or four other women just right before we start the run. So it's just like we always wanted to make it a space where no one should come by themselves and then leave by themselves. Like everyone should come feeling like, wow, this really is a great group of women. I've met some people and like they should all look forward to coming back to talk to their new friends. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Um, and I do also want to circle back to the track workouts that you run. Um, because so tell me a little bit about how you started to grow that aspect of city fit girls. Cause that is a relatively new development, right? It is relatively new. So I, I'm one of those people, I'm very goal oriented. Um, you know that about me and, uh, and I, love it. I like to like <laughs> write things down, make plans, uh, figure out how I can be better. Um, I just really want to always try to do my best in everything that I do. And, uh, we set some goals last year, a couple of years ago to try to start running faster. And I realized like the importance of doing speed work for running and how that's going to make a big difference in my running. And um, I started City Fit Girls Run Club because I didn't like running by myself. So I was like, all right, if I got to go to the track, (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) start these track workouts so I don't have to do speed workouts by myself. So we actually, I guess it's been two years now that we've been doing the track workouts at Temple. Um, so I went and got my US, USATF certification, which is, uh, the USA track and field governing body. They do a certification program just to make sure that I wasn't out there, uh, telling people to do things that didn't make sense, <laughs> mm-hmm, which I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you're going to do it, I think you got to do it right. Uh, so we start doing track workouts on Tuesday evenings, um, and they're a little different from our group runs. Uh, so they are a little bit more workout focused and it's really just about pushing people like past the limits that they've set for themselves. So you come to run club on Wednesday, it's super relaxed. No one really cares about how fast or slow you're running. Um, you can kind of just chill. We stop at the red lights. And the cool thing about the track is that there are no red lights. So you kind of, you have to keep going and, um, you really find, yourself pushing like past what you thought that you can do and I love it every week that we have a a workout people are like you know I would never do this by myself or I would have just stopped like midway and went and got a sandwich 
or, mm-hmm. you know, some beer or something. And it's like, no, this is another way for us to really cultivate that community because um, not only do we all run together where we're kind of just chilling and hanging out, um, we also get to see ourselves pushing past our limits, which is a very vulnerable place for a lot of runners, a lot of women just to be at. So that's the track workout in a nutshell. So it's oh pretty gosh. difficult. It's not like the Wednesday run. <laughs> um, but I do actually have workouts for beginners, too. So it's one of those things that if you're not training for a race or anything like that, you can still absolutely come to the track workout, um, even if you're a new runner, which is actually a lot different from our Wednesday runs. Mm-hmm. And I just I'm picking like keywords out as you explain the run club on Wednesday, the track workouts. You're saying things like support and camaraderie and vulnerability. And like, Mm -hmm. it is just, it is so amazing to me that this started as like a fitness and health community, but you, these are things that we don't really talk about in our day-to-day lives, like being vulnerable, like, you know, like who do you go into vulnerability with between like the hours of nine to five? Right, exactly. So it's really, really awesome that you have the space and all of these women in Philadelphia have the space to practice vulnerability and, you know, get great feedback from it. So that's, that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And it's, again, we had no idea what we were doing when we started this community. So um, to see you know, that aspect of it, to see all the friendships that are developed from it. I mean, every day I'm just like, I can't believe that this is a thing that started inside of my mind. Um, Whenever Mm -hmm. I see people on Instagram with like a city fit girl's shirt, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, like, why are they wearing that? (laughs) But it's like, it's it's just, it's still hard to believe sometimes. Um, You know, I'll see, you know, people who I know met at Run Club, you know, they're out on the weekends together. It's just like, huh, look at that. Like these people are friends now. It's because this community exists. And, you know, I, I, so in addition to being a person who's very goal oriented, um, I also struggle with kind of like beating myself up because I'm like, Oh, I can definitely be doing more. I can definitely be better. Um, but seeing those things on online and just kind of like getting the reassurance that, you know what, Takiya, like relax, you're doing a great job. You are making an impact. Um, and you're definitely making an impact in diff- like people's lives. So, it's definitely been rewarding and I'm really excited about uh, where we're going to take City Fit Girls next. I'm sitting here with like the biggest, goofiest grin on my face, like, nodding <laughs> along like, yes, you are making a difference. Yes. <laughs> no, it's tough. Um, sometimes you just need a reminder. Yeah, absolutely. So what have been some of your like challenges with City Fit Girls? Not necessarily like a negative challenge, but like what are some things, some obstacles or you know, things that you were like, oh, I don't know that we're doing this in 100% the way that we want to, like, let's reorient. Do you have any experiences like that that stick out? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. So one of the things that we notice is when we do boot camps, they are probably some of the most diverse boot camps you'll find in the city of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess actually before I I answer this question, is it okay if I kind of just talk about like the fitness scene in Philly? Yeah, of course, please do. Okay, so it's a really, uh, in Center City, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. uh, the fitness scene is booming. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar with the city, um, downtown, it's 
pretty expensive to live there. Um, most people who live in the city of Philadelphia do not make the wages that would allow them to live in that area. Uh, so the downtown has become kind of like a destination where people go to like go out and eat, go out and drink. Um, but then most people go back to their respective neighborhoods to go home. And what you find downtown where the fitness industry is kind of booming is that a lot of people who are like born and raised in Philadelphia, a lot of people who live in some of the underserved communities, um, they don't even know that a lot of this stuff exists. And what we wanted to do is create a space where people can still come to Center City and have a fantastic workout and be a part of this culture um, and then go back home, right? And if you can't afford, no shade to SoulCycle, but a $25, $30 spin class, you can still come downtown and have a great workout experience. If you can't, you know, get a membership to a really expensive gym, you can still come work out with City Fit Girls and have this experience. So what we learned is that when we were doing boot camps, super diverse, we were able to get a lot of people out, a lot of people from different backgrounds, a lot of people from different parts of the city. Um, we started the Run Club. We noticed a lot of people, specifically black women, don't come to Run Club as much. Um, and for me and Kiara, you know, one of the reasons that we started this community was so that people who normally didn't have access to groups like this or workouts like this could come and enjoy it. Uh, so as big as our run club has gotten, um, we still do struggle with, well, how do we get more women of color mm -hmm. to come out? And not just black women, but uh, Latino women, Asian women. Um, so that's definitely one of the things. And then I guess another one would be just expanding it and this probably relates back to me again just being super hard on myself and like okay like this has to be this way before we can you know move forward with growing this community um so I think that one of the things that we're definitely kind of not necessarily like it's a negative but it is a challenge just being able to kind of be okay with not having things perfect mm -hmm. like hey we're gonna start this run club we're going to grow it in Washington, D.C., which is something that we have. We have a, a small community in Washington, D.C. Um, but me being OK with, hey, let those girls like do their thing down there. I don't need to be at every group run in D.C. I live in Philadelphia. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> um, but, you know, just allowing myself to kind of like let it go a little bit. Mm -hmm. Look, I can't even say it. <laughs> like, <laughs> sense like you've spent so much time cultivating this and like so much energy like literally pouring buckets and buckets of energy into city fit girls and like to let it fly a little bit in other cities like that must be so scary oh it's terrifying yeah it is it's terrifying um but it's something that i really want for the community uh we get a lot of messages social media email just women who are just like hey like Nothing like this exists where I live, and I want it here. What do I have to do? And mm -hmm. we're just kind of like, ah, uh, well, this is what it takes. You need this. You need that. It's just like, <laughs> it's like when, like, your parents give you the keys to the car the first time, and they're just probably, like, freaked out. It's just like, you know what? It's going to be fine. Like, just let people do their thing. Um, and, like, if you set the rules and the standards, like, it's going to be fine. So yeah. that's, like, a personal challenge and something that I'm struggling with. And, you know, as of today, you know, we have actually taken some uh, steps to work towards expanding it a little bit better. So mm -hmm. be on the lookout for that. I love it. I love it. 
Um, and I love your uh, car analogy, handing over the keys. But I'd also yeah. like to point out that um, my parents handed over the keys, and I'm fairly sure they followed me everywhere I was going in Walmart <laughs> oh for the first couple of times. So <laughs> I, it sounds like these are normal feelings. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh my god. <laughs> So as we're talking about expanding City Fit Girls and all of that good stuff, I think now would be a really fun time to uh, start talking about travel. Mm, yes, please. And what that means to you, your history with travel, all that good stuff. So travel, what does it make you feel when you hear that word? Excitement. I love to travel. And um, I was a really big dreamer growing up. Now, my family, we live in Philadelphia, so, you know, the trips to the Jersey, the shore, or, you know, like a, every summer, like you did that. Um, and then when I was in high school, my grandmother actually moved to Florida, um, so I would go there every summer, so that also opened up a little bit of this travel bug for me. Um, but it wasn't really until I got to college, I studied political science and history, so I started to learn a lot about the world and what was going on, like, outside of my little bubble in Philadelphia and was, like, almost obsessed with, like, travel. So I had, like, maps on my wall, like, buying all these travel books, but I hadn't gone anywhere. You know, I didn't even have—I didn't have a passport until uh, grad school, so it was one of those things that always, like, made me, like, excited. It was always something that, like— you know, one day I'm going to do this. So there's always like this sense of adventure. Uh, so my first international trip was actually to the Bahamas and it was on a boat. You know, this is fantastic though. So I don't even think this boat exists, but it was on a boat from Miami that was like kind of marketed as a mini cruise, but it was really just like a boat that people from the Bahamas took back and forth to Miami to like go shopping and go to work. <laughs> so um, we took that. You didn't even need, you didn't even need like a U.S. passport at this point in time. So um, I just had like my mm -hmm. birth certificate in hand, <laughs> went to the Bahamas for the day. And I was just like, all right, yeah, I got to do more of this. So when I was in college, I didn't really have any money to do like any traveling. So I wanted to go to law school. And, like, that was, like, the plan. So in my entire life, from the time I remember learning to read, uh, I my grandmother was like, yeah, you're going to be a great lawyer. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And I spent the rest of my, my mm -hmm. life working to be a lawyer. And I got to my junior year of college. You know, I'm in these different programs, and I'm checking out law schools and, you know, the pre-LSAT and studying exams and all this stuff. And I went on a trip to Washington, D.C., and we were at American University's law school. And when I got back from that trip, I was just kind of like, I don't, I don't know if this is what I want to do. Like, I don't think I want to be a lawyer. But, you know, my entire life, the entire college experience, it was about preparing for law school. So I was kind of stuck. Didn't really know what to do next. So starting to look at graduate programs. And um, I found a program at Arcadia University, uh, which is just outside of Philadelphia in Glenside. And um, they had a program in international peace and conflict resolution. Um, so for someone who studies political science and history, I was like, oh, this sounds fantastic. Like, I'll be able to learn a little bit more about the world. Um, 
kind of sort of prep for law school in the sense that you learn a lot about negotiation. You learn a lot about talking to people, um, diffusing like big conflicts and different things like that, which I was like, oh, this will be great. This is definitely something that'll come in hand when I decide again that I do want to be a lawyer. So I went into that program and I mean, they didn't hold back anything. My first day, we got our syllabus, and it's like, yeah, and in October when we go to Ireland, and I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> I don't even have a passport yet. Wow. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean we're going to Ireland? And um, yeah, <laughs> so I remember coming home, and uh, like when I first moved, when I got back out of like Westchester, I moved home for a little while before I got my apartment, and I remember telling my mom like, hey. Uh, we're going to Ireland, <laughs> so I'm going to need some money, and I'm going to need a passport. And she's just like, wait, what is happening? And I'm like, yeah, this whole international peace and conflict resolution thing, it's real. <laughs> so, um, I'm really yeah, going I'm really international, international here. <laughs> and not just, like, to vacation, but we were, like, like, really entrenched in different conflicts and learning, like, the history uh, like how people, you know, settled in different neighborhoods and, and like why and just, I mean, it was insane. And um, taking that trip for me was just like, holy crap, this is amazing. And this is what I want to do. So I, our next trip was to Rwanda. Um, so that was completely mind boggling. And I come from a family where people travel, but they travel to, you know, resorts and places that are typically deemed safe, I guess sure. is the best way to, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. So my family, when I told them, it's like, yeah, we're flying into London and then we're going to fly into Burundi. There's a layover in Kenya and then we're going to Rwanda. And, you know, my family, the only thing they knew about Rwanda was the movie Hotel Rwanda. Oh, no. So they're like... <laughs> no <laughs> and I'm like yeah no we're, we're doing this and um yeah that movie you saw that's why we're going <laughs> and uh you know it was a huge thing where you know I had to like fight with my mom about this a little bit because she wasn't like as confident about me going there because again like they they go to like resorts in Jamaica resorts in Cancun yeah. um the DR but they never really had been in situations where, you know, if I'm like, hey, mom, we're actually not staying at a resort. Like, we'll be in the middle of the city mm-hmm. where there's conflict. And, um, yeah, so she was just super uncomfortable with that. Um, but for me, I was I was pumped. Um, as someone, I'm African-American, so the idea of even being able to have the, the chance to go to Africa for me was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that a lot of people in my community want to do, but uh, it's a very expensive thing to do. And mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, it was a part of our program. So, you know, it was kind of like built in with tuition. I was able to get like a loan to go like as a school loan. So um, I was really lucky to be able to do that. And then um, that trip is probably the trip that really changed my life. Um, that's actually how I got interested in food and health. Really? Um, it's also, yeah. Um, so my, I guess, like graduate studies work was around... Like, so I wanted to do conflict resolution, um, and I wanted to help, I don't know, I, you know, I'm trying to save the world at this point, mm-hmm. um, but it was there where I learned about, like, how people were eating um, and diet and just, like, how it related to, like, their income levels and, you know, just kind of, like, what people were eating, and 
I mean, I just got kind of like obsessed. So when I got back from that trip, um, I really wanted to do like this big focus on hunger here. And that's kind of when I got all like weirded out. I'm like, oh man, like, do I really care about international peace and conflict resolution or do I want to start something in Philadelphia and help make an impact here? Cause that's where I'm from. Um, so I struggled a little bit, of, you know, about this. So I actually ended up, well, we went to Costa Rica after we went to Rwanda to do some work there. But then after the Costa Rica trip, I actually, uh, withdrew from the program because I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. I know I'm interested in food. I also, I know I'm supposed to be going to law school. Um, so yeah, it was a big mess. It's like, okay, fitness. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so after doing that program, um, and when I left, I actually had a short stint back at Westchester's graduate program in urban studies. Mm -hmm. Uh, So to do like city planning, because again, I was just like obsessed with food and food deserts and um, like why grocery stores were in certain places and not in others. Uh, So I just really wanted to figure out how we can help more people in Philadelphia uh, get access to healthy food, uh, so on and so forth. And I feel like I took this question in a completely different direction. You asked me about my experience with travel. I love it. Uh, But yeah, so I was super obsessed with that. Um, I actually started working at Brown's ShopRite. Um, I got to go to the White House to do a program. um, Yeah, you did. uh, Michelle Obama. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I did. When Michelle Obama was doing the Let's Move campaign. I'll leave that there. And then um, I actually, when I left the grocery store, I actually worked for an organization called the Food Trust. Um, and their entire mission is about getting healthy food uh, to basically all people in Philadelphia. So I was a farmer's market manager. So I worked in Clark Park, which is in West Philadelphia. And I had a couple smaller uh, farmer's markets, one in West Oak Lane, which is in Northwest Philly, and then one in North Philadelphia. And even though all of my markets were in Philadelphia, um, they were all so very different. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of added so much fuel to the fire of, like, hey, you know what? This law school thing is going to have to wait. Um, For me, even graduate school was going to have to wait. I really wanted to be out in the world making a difference and... Um, a lot of that work actually ended up being like the fuel to the fire of why City Fit Girls even exists. But travel, yeah. <laughs> it can change your life, right? <laughs> it can change your life. So again, you know, when I think of travel, it's just like really just like opening up like your eyes at what you can do for the world um, and just seeing how other people live and taking those experiences back home making a change. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And I think it's so interesting how you say, like you were talking about like conflict resolution internationally and how it seemed like this big, like dichotomy in your brain. And you're just like, these are two totally different things. It makes so much sense mm-hmm. now. Like looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, I could totally see how that would tie into what you did end up doing. But Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that's yeah. I don't think I, I don't think we ever talked about this, have we? No, I, I don't, don't think we have. This is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's how that all all happened. So now um travel, you know, I'm not doing it with the the program anymore. So mm-hmm. usually when I get to travel, it's me being able to escape, you know, just the 9 to 5 and 
uh, taking a break sometimes from City Fit Girls and everything else that I'm wrapped up in. So um, a lot of the trips that I've been planning have been less about like activism or learning and more about just relaxing, Mm -hmm. which is kind of nice because it's nice just to be able to take a mental break. And I'm one of those people like I can't. It gets hard for me to turn it off. Mm-hmm. Like, I just can't, like, stop thinking about, like, oh, my God, like, what can I be doing? And how can I make a big difference? So being able to go to a place that's, like, completely remote um, where, you know, maybe phone access isn't the best and I can't be posting about City Fit Girls or, you know, writing an email, that's kind of where I've been thinking about where my next trip should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to check out some of the national parks I just had a birthday, and my coworkers uh, all got together and got me a gift card to Southwest. I didn't so know that. So I'm just sitting. Oh, yeah, it was so nice. That's and um, so nice. I'm just like sitting, looking at this gift card. I have nowhere. I don't know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. I got some Airbnb credits that I need to use so before they expire. Um, so I'm just trying to figure it out. So if you if you got any ideas or recommendations, let me know. Oh my gosh, the world is your oyster right now. The Southwest world is I your know. oyster. They fly some really cool spots now. I know, but there are too many. I went to the website. I was looking at all the different places I can go, and I was like, nope, not dealing with this right now. <laughs> it's like analysis paralysis. <laughs> You're just like, well, I guess I can't right, make exactly. this decision. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've probably spent like more money on buying books or where I should go than <laughs> they spent on the gift card. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> Well, yeah. and um, I forget when exactly you went, um, but now you're talking about how like your not your definition of travel has changed, but like what you're getting out of travel at this point in time has changed. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. did was it last year that you went to Costa Rica with a couple people? Yeah, it was last September. It was right around the time I don't know what that big hurricane. I don't remember the name, mm-hmm. but. It was when the hurricane was coming because we were stuck in Miami for a very long time. That's right. Um, But it was a fantastic trip. Yeah. And I remember just you came back from that trip and you just like you're it it was literally like a video game where your like energy bar was low. And then you went on the trip (laughs) and you came back and it like turned green and like tequila was ready to go again. (laughs) Phenomenal. Um. Another part, though, of that trip that I don't talk much about is, uh, so when we were on our way back, and because of the hurricane, the airport, like, everything was just a madhouse, because people were trying to get out of Florida, and I had went to the bookstore, and I had just told myself, I was like, hey, all right, I spent a pretty good amount of money on this trip, like, as soon as I get back to the States, I'm not going to spend any money, um, but you know me, I got into the bookstore at the airport, and I'm like, oh my god, I gotta buy a book to read on the plane, even though I have five other books in my bag. Right, but what if you finish all of them? I'm going to need a different <laughs> one. Yeah, well, I always finish, it's just, you know, I just like to read multiple things at one time, but um, Jen Sincero, you are a badass at making money. I picked that book up at the airport, mm-hmm. and because of the hurricane, we sat on the runway. I would say it was like two and a half to three hours. It was a really long time, and oh. my friends, if I'm wrong about that, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure it was it was it was long. And I read through that book because it was the only book that I had like on my lap, mm-hmm. and um, 
holy crap. When I finished that book and I was like, you know what? When I get back to Philly, like I had just like a completely different mindset about money. Um, I was super recharged because of the vacation. And I think that that book also had like, like a big impact on, you know, how I was when I got back. I was just, I just felt like I was in control of my life a little Mm -hmm. more. Um, And not just from, hey, you know, you're recharged from this vacation, but just being a lot more intentional about my decisions. Um, So that, like the vacation was great. I tried to surf, did did that, that didn't happen. Um, (laughs) I got to lay on the beach a lot and just coming back, reading that book, sitting there and then reading the, I I pretty much finished it on the the flight. And um, I just came back almost like a brand new person. It was just incredible. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This, you know what? I, I knew that you like to read a lot, but this is incredible. Like we have talked about bookstores in so many different capacities right now. And like how (laughs) a book really, like really and truly has the power to change your mindset and really and truly has the power to like shape the direction that you're going in. So, Oh, it's phenomenal. Um, I, I know a lot of people don't like to read and it is one of those things that, like I'm a judger. I, I judge. I'm like, what? What do you mean? You know, it's like a terrible read. habit, like, and I need to change it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just like it. Just it can open your mind up to so many different things. Um, I mean, Amanda, if you would have asked me on Monday if I would have been thinking about my alcohol intake, I would have been like, no, like I'm fine. Like I, mm-hmm. I drink socially. It's absolutely fine. But like. I found a book on Wednesday that completely changed my life in three days. Um, I'm also reading a book called Mindset. Um, and I'm one of those people, again, who I can be very hard on myself. And basically, it's do you have a, a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? And I'm one of those people that when everyone else is around me, I'm like, oh, my God, you could be doing all these amazing things. You're great. And I really believe that about other people. But when it comes to me, I have, like, what's considered a fixed mindset where I'm just like, Atikia, you're you, you're kind of okay, but you're not going to be, like, that great. You know, and it's like that book is, you know, just completely transforming the way I approach, like, how I'm doing. So even being able to sit back and say, hey, Takiya, you're doing great. All these people love City Fit Girls. It's fine. You don't need to overwork yourself. Stop being so hard on yourself. You know, if I didn't read Mindset, Amanda, I would still be talking to you like, oh, my God, what am I doing on myself? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, reading, amazing. And if you don't like to read audiobooks, they're phenomenal. Yes. Yes. Have somebody read to you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Just also conveniently great for long runs. We'll just tie also that all back into running. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. So I know you're a big goal setter. I know you've got big dreams. I know you're trying to change the world. What is on your to-do list next? Ooh. Um, that's a that's big a good question. question. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty big. Um, my to-do list, my to-do list. Uh, the first thing is to grow City Fit Girls. And I'm one of those people that if I just said grow City Fit Girls, that doesn't really mean anything. So I'm going to tell you specifically what I mean. Um, I want City Fit Girls to be a pretty active 
and maybe four or five more cities. Uh, so we already had a community in Chicago and D.C., but we're going to add a few more cities to that and then start working on uh, developing the communities that we're already in. I want to see more women outside supporting each other, working out, running, hiking, biking, whatever your thing is. Um, so I'm going to be putting a lot of time and energy into that. Um, and then I, in my dream world, I'll be able to do City Fit Girls full time. But until then, next steps is just really like I spend a lot of time on learning how to be better at work because uh, that's also something that's important to me. So if you've never been to a run specialty store, uh, it's basically a place where you go into and you get a shoe fitting. Um, so people take a look at your gait, which just means that they take a look to see how you run and how you come in contact with the ground. And we take a look at impact and foot strikes, so on and so forth to help fit you for shoes. Um, so I split my time doing that and then buying apparel for four stores that we have in the area. And, um, I am like a person who's obsessed with business and business development. So, um, just spending a lot more time just reading, learning how to be a better buyer, how to be a better manager, how to keep my staff motivated and encouraged and um, just basically trying to crush it. That's that's on my to-do list. And then um, outside of the professional stuff, I'd say I also, again, I want to check out some more of the national parks. Um, the Grand Canyon was on my list of places to go for a very, very, very long time. Like, mm-hmm. I got to Rwanda before I got to the Grand Canyon. But when I finally got there, I was just like, holy crap. Like, this is amazing, and I am obsessed, and I have to see more of these places. So that's, like, my new thing. So I actually just joined REI, which is really exciting. Yay! <laughs> <And> I know. <laughs> I, I didn't – so I was actually – I had to go see – uh, apparel line. I went to go see Patagonia in New York a couple weeks ago with a coworker, and we went to REI just to check out the experience to see, you know, like what's it like to get fitted for shoes there. And um, I got fitted for some hiking boots, which was a really exciting thing because I had never done that, and I very rarely have people, you know, looking at my feet and telling me what I should be wearing. So it was just really nice mm-hmm. um, to have the tables turned. And um, when I got to the checkout, I'm like, okay, Takiya, focus. You're not buying anything else. <laughs> you get these boots <laughs> and you're getting out of here. And the woman, she's telling me about the membership. And I'm like, yeah, but lady, there's no REI near me. Um, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to do this. There's like one pretty far out and I don't have a car. So no thanks. And she's just gone and gone. And I'm like, all right, you're right. Yeah, I should definitely do this. <laughs> um, so yeah, I am now a member. So now I'm just like on the REI website every day, like uh, planning for this imaginary trip that I'm going to take um, where I'm going to do some hiking and checking out some parks. So yeah, I guess those are the things on my to-do list. That's a that's a massive to-do list, and I have zero, <laughs> but I have zero doubt in my mind that you will crush all of them in, like, the most productive, yeah, I'm gonna do most it. energetic way possible. Yeah, no, it's going to be fantastic. I'm excited yeah. about all of those things. Awesome. So we are, I don't want to, I could keep you on the phone all day, but I'm not going to keep you on the phone all day. <laughs> um, so we'll, well start you. wrapping up. <laughs> yes. Um, where... Can everybody listening in follow along with your to-do list? Where can we find you online? How do you want to communicate with people? I am very 
okay, so I'm kind of good at Instagram, but I'm very bad at my own Instagram because I also manage the <laughs> City Fickles account. Um, so you can follow me at Takia McClendon. Um, so Amanda, you can write that out in the show notes is how to spell my name (laughs) um but also uh at city fit girls so if you find yourself following city fit girls and talking to the city fit girls account you are probably also talking to me so those are the places (laughs) and i'll also plug um for those of you who are listening in who are like yeah i do want a city fit girls in my city city fit girls newsletter i know you and kiara spend so much time on those newsletters I will oh, 100% link to a subscription link to that newsletter because there is Thank so you. much good stuff in there every single week. And it's not yeah. it's not all fitness and food related. It does have that no, like it's not. mental health side to it, which I love. So Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, actually, by signing up for that, that is exactly how we are deciding on where to bring Run Clubs next. Um, So we look at the data. Sorry, Big Brother, but we do see where your zip codes are. (laughs) And (laughs) we we take all that into consideration um, when deciding where to bring Run Club next. So if you sign up and you want City Fit Girls to come to you, um, just pop that zip code in so we know where you are. And once it hits a certain amount of people, then that's how we get that conversation going. Amazing. All right. Anything else you want to leave our listeners with today? I don't necessarily have anything else, but I will say that I am pretty much an open book. So if anybody wants to reach out and contact me, feel free to do so. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for finally having this conversation with me. It was such a good one. I know. I'm so excited. I'm excited. I'm so sorry it took so long. Oh my gosh, no. Hey, that's life. That's life in a nutshell right there. (laughs) Fair enough. This is true. (laughs) Alrighty. Well, I'll talk to you later, Takia. All right. Bye. And that's a wrap. Are you ready to start a book club with us yet? (laughs) Be sure to reach out on Twitter or Instagram and let us know what you thought of the episode and what's on your reading list. Both handles are at Sunshine Chasing. I truly can't wait to hear from you. And again, I would so appreciate a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. That's how other people can find this podcast and expand these conversations. I also just want to sincerely thank you for listening. But that's all for today. Click subscribe to make sure you don't miss the next interview.